0: All right, everyone. Hello, and welcome to today's webinar on how to get going with recurring revenue services. My name is Scott Colonico, and I will be your host today. I uh, hope we, um, we've got a lot of uh, information to get through, and hope this is really helpful for you guys out there. Um, uh, so today's webinar is being recorded. We'll have it up on our YouTube channel uh, afterwards. We do encourage you to ask questions. However, if you will hold those questions until the end of the webinar, and then we'll kind of answer those all, kind of go through those all at the same time. So, um, uh, you can free, feel free, you can ask us any questions in that chat interface there if you have. Uh, uh, like a question about if you need something like Bob, Bob to repeat something or, or any kind of piece of information that uh, you think went by a little too quickly. Uh, as I said, my name is Scott Colonico. I'm head of content here at Cumulus. I'm a journalist and also working in the social media. I have been, it's kind of weird when you're looking at it there, but I have been working in the tech industry for the past 22 years, and I'm um, looking forward to today's session. And uh, with me is Mr. Bob Lawson. He is the founder of Cumulus. Uh, his commercial role with the large mobile app develop, development business and he's been working for 15 years working with businesses for, for product <laughs> product type service offering sorry I'll I'll get that right next time um, so those are the two will be your two hosts today uh, Bob will be doing the majority of the talking I'll be here in the background kind of making sure things run as smoothly as possible and this is what we're going to cover today Today, uh, the first thing we're going to be covering is why recurring revenue is critical to your business. It's very important. It's the holy grail, as many business owners like to refer it as. Uh, How it changes behavior within your business. And then the main part of the the presentation will be how to get going. Uh, One way to structure your services, how to sell, how to create monthly recurring revenue, and how to open up new opportunities. And then finally, we'll end in this the version of uh today's webinar with how to position this so you stand out from the crowd. Um, we'll also be having other webinars in this series that we'll talk to you uh we'll bring up at the end of the session today's session. Um so as I said, uh welcoming questions, but please hold those for the end and uh, if you need any quest if you have any uh, information that you need just uh, use a little chat bar there to uh ask us any questions. So um uh Mr Lawson are you uh ready to uh take over here thanks scott
1: okay and uh, welcome everybody and thank you for giving us your time to spend an hour just uh, running through this deck so just to set the scene and create a little bit of a backdrop this is what we're going to be talking about today so we're going to talking about specifically about mobile app development businesses these are businesses that build apps for enterprise smb startup entrepreneurs basically anybody who's looking for an app and what we're talking about here comes from a year-long amount of research that we've been doing, talking to lots and lots and lots of mobile app devis- development businesses across the world, talking to them about their challenges, talking to them about how they've solved the challenges. And we think what we have here is something which really applies to any type of mobile app development business, down from the, the indie developer, you know, straight out of college, um, up to the of medium sized app development business and also includes the the large multi multinational mobile app development businesses that we've talked to over the last year what we've done here is we've distilled down what we see as the common successful practices and what we think we have is a good understanding of the the denominators for success uh, which we're going to share with you today so we're going to just talk here about the drown and swim challenge that a lot of your um, businesses out there experience. So, what we have here is a view of project income and project time. So, typically, the way most mobile app businesses work, they, they live on project generated income. You win a project, you deliver that project, you stage payments during that project, then you've got to win the next project, and the next project, and the next project to keep your revenue flowing through your business. It would be great if your revenue looked like this, so all of your projects come nice and neatly and tight together so that you've got a nice, even, stable revenue stream. Obviously great for income, but obviously the problem you have there is resource crunch. I'll cover later some of the anxieties that actually come, come with project-based revenue, but ultimately it really means that you'd always be resourced under the capacity you need to run your business. And obviously, the next problem you have is, what about the rest of time? Could you honestly believe that you could bring these projects in, in such a tight sequence, nicely aligned, to to make sure that your revenues continue to flow? So we'll we'll go back to what we think is a more conventional revenue model, which is a more spaced out um, project cycle. The challenge you obviously have is that you've got cyclical and variable project income, but also ultimately your most of your business costs are going to be fixed. Salaries, premises, systems that you need to buy and run, um, lease terms that you might have on hardware or property. Um, and the, so the problem there you have is you get a mismatch between your costs and your income. Typically, what you find then is that during the, the peak times, that's when you make the profit to see you through the lean times, which are the times that cut into Um, your cash reserves. So the challenge you have there is, you've really got to hold a big cash chest in reserve to see you through those lean times. I mean, what we've found as a rule of thumb is that most businesses run between three and six months worth of running costs held in reserve, basically sitting as cash in the bank account. To see them through situations where the projects just don't fall in a nice nice, nice sequence, and they you know they they then can make sure that they can make they can pay rent and they can make payroll the problem that causes it causes huge growth anxiety and again we talked to a lot of people about the challenges particularly of the mobile app develop, development industry where um it's a very resource constrained industry so there's plenty of business out there that the challenge that businesses have is the ability to resource those um, and the concern always is about when do you hire that next expensive dev? Salaries vary a lot between different countries, but you know you could be talking something a region of sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars for a for a dev, and you're going to be very cautious about when you bring that dev, next dev in because, as fate fate has it, you'll hire the dev, the work will dry up, and that then becomes a massive drain on your cash reserves. The tendency then is to always under-resource in peak times, which means that during those peak profit times, you're effectively um, over-trading, which means that uh, you're constantly trying to get to the point where you close off that project and then bring in the next project, which ultimately creates a lot of problems, a lot of pressures on your your processes, and ultimately that could compromise your, your quality. The other thing that we hear quite often is that during lean times, you start chasing bad Bad projects. So they're projects ultimately you wouldn't chase, you wouldn't pick. So you're bringing on maybe some of the the more esoteric um, app entrepreneurs that ultimately could end up. You know you could lose your shirt on, or then they're the ones that end up becoming litigous at the end of the um, at the end of the day. So you end up really taking on projects that ultimately you don't want because you're constantly worried about chasing these sequences of projects. So let's go back to this view again and get really start talking about what we're really talking about. So what we're really talking about here is if you can find a way of building a service revenue that ultimately underpins your project income, then you can quite reasonably get a position where your running costs are more than covered by the, the minimum amount of revenue you're generating from your projects backed up by your service revenue. If we can show you a way where you can do that with your business, then obviously it puts your business on a much, much stronger footing. And ultimately, the view would be to, if you could actually grow your service revenue to the point where it actually covers all of your revenue costs, then that really is the holy grail. You'll get to a situation where every single project you win ultimately falls into profit. Now, we've we talked to a few people out there, and a lot of them are actually running with recurring revenue services, which cover a fair chunk of their overall running costs. Um, and ultimately, they set their own internal objectives of, By the end of next quarter, we want to get to a position where all of our payroll is covered by our recurring revenue services, all of our payroll and all of our premise, and ultimately to the point where all of our ongoing running costs are covered by recurring revenue services. So I'm gonna go on and talk to you about one way in which we think you might be able to structure those services and get going with those services um, within your business. But just before I do, I just want to talk to any of the business owners out there just about valuation. If you talk to a venture capitalist business or any, any investment community, they value revenue mix in a completely different way. Typically a company which is only generating project revenue would have a revenue um, valuation of 1 to 1.4 times turnover. But if you actually then look at the a business which 100% of its business is services revenue, whether it's backed up by a physical contract or whether it's backed up just by a a promise um, that they will continue to pay for your service, it's 10 times valuation. So that shows you that when you come to sell your business, your business can be worth up to 10 times more when you come to sell it if you've got a lot or all of your running costs covered by your services revenue. So this isn't just about stability and and, uh, reducing anxiety. It could also be about uh, building a much more valuable business. Okay, so what are we talking about? Uh, Recurring Revenue has a whole range of different names. We're really talking about these. We're talking about uh, offering managed teams to maybe some of your larger clients, or maybe supplying labor, so specialist skills for for an ongoing period of time to deliver some specialist services that you hold within your business. It could be reselling technologies that are bought in by other people, so taking an AWS bucket wrapping that in with your service and then selling that on to your customers with a markup. It could be selling monthly contracts or bundling in prepaid hours. So, um, you know, you're saying to the, the customer, "Okay, you can actually then prepay for 20 tech hours during a week and then draw those down over the over the month to um, to deal with it whatever issues come up during that month." So, before we actually really get into the crux of it, I would just want to just put a little bit of a a sort of warning out there of the things that we see that very often go wrong. Sometimes it's bad to start with the negatives before you go into the positives, but I just want to get these things out there and and get you thinking about this as I go through the the rest of this presentation. We see a lot of people, when they start with this, offering what they call just an all-in support contract, and what we think is to avoid a one-size-fits-all contract. I'll show you why later on in the presentation, but just continue to think about that. The other important thing is don't sell recurring revenue services as an afterthought. Don't get to the point where you're reaching the end of the project. Tap on the customer's door and say, hey, I think you want to buy these services because these services will be good for you and and improve the performance of your app. You need to get that established right at the very beginning um, of the engagement you have with the customer So even during the build phase, they get used to paying you a small recurring revenue service and they know that that cost will continue through the life of of the app and the life of the the relationship they have with you. The other important thing is don't oversell the services before it's right. So... um, Don't try and hook somebody into an expensive contract because that's the revenue you want want to generate for them. Take it easy, bring them on slow, get them used to paying your recurring revenue, and then when it's right for them and right for you, and I'll go into that in a little bit more detail soon, move them into a, a more expensive, more involved contract where effectively you as a business are taking on more responsibility and ultimately more risk for the services that you're delivering to your client. And the last bit, and the bit that I'm sure will come into your mind quite frequently through this presentation is don't get out of your comfort zone. I mean, I'm sure all of you will be very sensible, very commercial, commercially aware businesses, but the best way to destroy a relationship with a client is to promise them something that you know in your heart you can't deliver. So stay very much within your comfort zone. So the things to think about, and these are things i will develop through the presentation is, make sure that you make it clear what you're actually delivering for them So productize your services to an extent that they can actually then see, not just the value that you're delivering, but the tangible results of what you're delivering. Make it very easy for them to buy. As I say, don't make it expensive, don't make it sound complicated, get get them into a routine where the customer sees value in what you're offering, and then at a price point, that makes it very easy for them to say yes. In the next but one uh, webinar that we're running in this series, we get into pricing Pretty deep, um, so I won't go into pricing in a lot of detail here, other than to say you know make sure that your first your entry level service is something that's very easy for the person to say yes to from a price point of view. Make it visible, make it sure make sure that the customer sees all the time every day, every week, every month the things that you're offering for them. that might be nothing more than technology that they use. Um, or it might be reports that you provide for them, or it might be the regular dialogue you're having with them, but make sure they see the value and the visibility on the in the service that you're actually delivering to them. Avoid a one-size-fits-all approach. Sure, don't get into the situation where you make something so bespoke that it becomes extremely difficult for you to deliver, but do think very carefully about the needs of the customer and how then to set the services that you deliver to suit specifically what they need. Keep it simple um, the one the best way to confuse a customer and ultimately to confuse your business is to over engineer your services and try and appear to be to be too clever and too complex. that also affects um, being clear what you deliver, the value you're delivering, and ultimately you know the, the what they're actually going to want to pay for so make sure you keep what you offer very simple and explain it in very simple terms. Make it scalable, so in some ways the the kind of the flip side or maybe even the the the, um, the contradiction in what I'm saying to the bubble next to it in terms of custom fit is that you've got to find the gel- the delicate balance between offering something which looks like it's tailor made for the client but also make sure that you can make it scalable so that your sales teams can easily explain it and sell it as a service your technical people can ultimately d- deliver the service um, and you can bring more and more customers on to, to the services that you're you're selling. And most importantly, um, which reflects back to the previous bubble on in the, the previous slide in terms of don't sell a one size fits all um, or a single contract, is make it progressive so that you can bring somebody in at a level and then move them through your, ratchet them up through your services when that becomes right for the customer. But the most important takeaway from this slide is is Work it in such a way that you enlighten the service you deliver to specifically fit your customer's goals. so really understand what they want to achieve from that app and make sure the service you deliver deliver to that specific goal. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about the the customer goals and a typical customer lifecycle. But ultimately, if you're building an app, it sits in these three specific phases. You create the app, you build the app, and ultimately then you optimize and improve the performance of the app. In terms of phases, typically two to three weeks in terms of the creative phase, two to three months for the build phase, and two to three years in the optimization phase. You'll cover ideation and design. You'll do the typical, uh, whether waterfall or agile development process of build, test, and deploy. And then ultimately what we found almost consistently when we're talking to mobile app developers is, when it comes to the point where you're building the app there's a high five, see you later, and then a the mobile app developer walks away and then you know, leaves the customer to figure out what comes next. When you actually then look at the, the optimization phase, 90% of the average life cycle of an app is taken up in the post-launch phase and only 10% of the, the time is actually taken during the, the build and the physical, um, the physical build phase, which ultimately means that you're leaving a heck of a lot of money on the table. So that hopefully that's kind of set the scene in terms of the value for, for mobile app development uh, businesses and why they need to be thinking very hard about this post-build, post-launch optimization phase. So at this point, if I was you sitting in your shoes, these would be the questions that would be popping into my head. You know, will this increase my costs offering these services? You know, we don't have the skills in-house, I'd need to hire them. You know, we're a development software business, we're not we're not a marketing business, or ultimately came up very often when I was talking to people is, I don't want to be in the hook with a client, I don't necessarily believe in the app that they're building, and therefore I don't really want to be responsible for the results that come. Now I'm going to cover some of these things through the rest of the presentation, which hopefully will help you allay some of these fears and show you that you can deliver services even if you have these specific doubts and thoughts in your head. So now I'm going to zoom in in this, this last phase on the the chart that I showed you before, focusing just on the post-launch optimization phase. And ultimately, we see there being five distinct um, life cycles, elements within the, the post-launch life cycle. The first thing the customer's going to want to do, the app's going to want to do, sorry, is to acquire new downloads typically from the app store. Once those customers have been acquired, there needs to be a program to help engage those customers so they're actually using the app effectively and frequently as you'd expect them to be. You obviously want to get the highly engaged, highly active customers customers retained within the app. There's no point in spending tens of thousands of dollars um, and lots of effort acquiring customers, getting them to fully understand the value of the app and getting them using the app if ultimately the bucket has a big hole in the bottom and the more people you're pouring in the top, you're losing lots of people out through the bottom. So it's about retaining customers. And ultimately, at some point in the future, it will be about retiring that app and uh, and coming up with a new, new version, a new generation of the app. Ultimately along the bottom, and this actually is probably the most common service offering that we do find that mobile app development businesses are offering, is a typical maintenance contract. So doing the hosting maintaining the health and well-being of the app and doing some minor bug fixes. And that ultimately starts from um, probably the, pre, the pre-launch phase of the app, but certainly through the, the two to three years worth of the optimization phase of the product, of the, of the app. If you then think of this in terms of individual discrete weeks or months, um, you can see that, back to what I was saying about actually building it around the specific needs of the client, the initial needs of the client are going to be around the acquisition phase. It will then move into Acquisition and Engage. It will then move from Acquisition, Engage, into Retain. Um, So you've gotta be thinking about the different services you offer at the different life stages of that app as it goes through the life cycle. So that's what I was talking about before when I mentioned custom fit, is to be thinking about what the app is, what type of app it is, um, and ultimately come up with service packages that allows you to custom fit that offering around the needs of of the individual customer. So, and I now want to look at it from an, the other perspective, um, matching it to client priorities, and looking specifically at the types of services you offer based on what you could describe as the maturity or the individual need of the customer at the time. So, initially, again, from talking to mobile app development businesses, the, the, the customer's first thought is, I want to know what's happening to my app this month. So for you to be talking to your customer, basically just saying, this is what we've seen has happened to your app this month has a lot of value to the customer, particularly in the initial um, acquisition phase of the app. Next, a a proactive app service. So thinking of it is it's not just about what you've seen, but it's what you actually do about it. So rather than just stating the facts, you're going to state the facts and then offer value on top. So this is what we've seen, and this is what we recommend you do to improve the performance of your app, and then ultimately, to deliver a managed service. So this is you now taking on more responsibility to the app, setting objectives with the clients about the the commercial um, objectives and the results that you want to get, setting targets, and then driving programs to deliver those apps for your clients. So this is what I was talking about before in terms of making it progressive. If you sell them a a general support contract, it becomes very hard for you to then move them up through the various blocks, which ultimately deliver more value and more engagement with your customer and ultimately more profit and more revenue for you in terms of your recurring revenue services. So I'm now going to to basically pull all these elements together and show you how you can then build this into, into a an optimization service stack for your business. So the service levels that I've talked about there in terms of reactive, proactive, and managed, along one axis, which ultimately means that as you go from reactive to proactive to managed, it becomes um, more valuable for you to sell as a customer and more value to your clients in the services you're actually delivering for them. Along the bottom, taking the, the life cycle stages within the app through that optimization phase of the general maintenance, bug fixing, and health and well-being of the app, the acquisition phase, and finding them downloads within the app store, the app engagement phase, and the app retention phase. And for, this, for the benefit of brevity, I've left off the retirement phase in this. But you can see from this that it would be relatively simple for you to then start building a series of blocks to show how you can offer different packages for different customers, again, keeping it simple so that the customer can see very clearly what they're getting within each within each service block going along the bottom within each service level that comes across the top. And ultimately, think of it as an example client. You could first engage a client maybe in the first few months of their app with a proactive maintenance phase where you're going to keep it help help keep the app running well and maintain any minor bug fixes. You'd offer them an acquisition service to help them optimize how things perform within the App Store. Engagement and re- retention is less or less important, so you're really just going to report on how well things are going there, but they don't really need any proactive advice at this stage. Then ultimately, six months plus, you can have a conversation with them to say, well, your needs have changed. We need to think about different services to offer. Now we're going to offer you a more a more engaged um, service where we'll actually take on the, the management responsibility of your, your infrastructure. Uh, we're now going to look at more aggressively helping you acquire new customers, et cetera, et cetera. Hopefully that's, that's clear from this. So ultimately, we're giving you a means where you can make it progressive, not just in terms of up through the service levels, but across the service blocks along the bottom of the, the bottom of this matrix. So really quickly, just to sort of dig into what we're really talking about there, just to give you a bit more of a mental picture for what, for what we mean. So this is typically the sorts of questions that you would be answering with a reactive service. What's happening within the app, you'd be giving them reports and showing them analytics on how well that's performing, you'd be showing them some showing them some ESO reporting tools and you'd probably give them some some push notification tools to allow them to to run engagement programs. So is the app stable and is it working properly? How many downloads have I had? Um how recently and how frequently are people using my app and well how well am I holding to my app users are the typical questions that would go through your customers' heads. During the sort of initial stages of launching their app, now at this point, um, the proactive phase is really more about then you becoming more engaged and adding more value to that conversation. So you're then suggesting this is the areas that we need to improve in your app to improve the stability of the app. That may be something as simple as. Um, Uh, Android Oreo is launched we now need to test your app to make sure it's stable in the new operating system and these are the things we need to change to to how the how your app works to um, to make sure that you get the full value of of the new Android platform and that obviously would then create a project that you would then sell to them as a discrete piece of work which they would pay for in the same way as they would do any other project that you did during the build phase. The acquisition stage, we'd be much more about the things that you could do to help them improve the, the level of downloads they're getting from the app store. So you'd show them how they can actually improve the optimization of the, the search terms that are, they're they're optimizing their listing in. You'd be helping them drive regular updates to the store, which, as you know, drives a much better organic rank within uh, within the stores. In terms of engagement, you would be helping them with how they can actually get more of the users more engaged. So that could be running push notification campaigns. It could be suggesting A-B testing that you could do, which again, would be an additional project that would be on the clock and you would generate a project from. Or ultimately, it might be to um, suggest other things to retain users within the app. So that may be looking at areas of the app that aren't performing too well, and then seeing if there are ways in which you can make improvements to that section of the app. Again, on the clock as a project that would um, help them improve the performance of the app. Then ultimately, this at the top tier. This, as I say, would be a fully outsourced managed service. So think of this as you being their digital product manager. So part of their management team, responsible for the performance of the app, effectively an extension of their internal team, there to help them drive and manage the roadmap, to drive acquisition campaigns, running Facebook campaigns, LinkedIn campaigns, uh, PPC campaigns, landing pages, video, all the things that you would typically do um, to drive more engagement and more interaction with the app, Um, and ultimately be responsible for set targets that you'd have with a client to maybe generate 10,000 downloads, or X percent of the downloads turned into engaged users, Y percent of them turned into highly engaged users, measured maybe by the adoption rate of um, opt-in to push notification services, for example. Hopefully, this is all making sense, if not please uh, keep noting down the questions and we'll pick them up at the end of the the presentation. So I'm gonna take a slightly different look at it, still looking at the service blocks, but now thinking of it from a a revenue point of view, and then mapping those onto the the typical services that you deliver along the bottom. So you can see down there I'm looking at technology costs, um, as well as labor costs and margins. So at the reactive service, this has obviously got a lower price point that you're selling to your customers, and typically your only cost there would be tools. This would be you offering effectively a fully automated service, where there's little or no um, labour costs from your business. So ultimately, this going back to one of my earlier slides of I'm a developer, I don't really, I don't really have expertise to help um, deliver marketing service for clients. This could be a great way in which you can actually get them on a retainer. Offer them a reactive service, which is really doing nothing more than, than telling them what's happening within the app, and then leaving it to them to figure out what they need to do next. The reactive service, you're going to sell at a much higher price point, um, and ultimately, you will have some tool costs, and ultimately, you have a small amount of labor cost within that. So Think of this as effectively your reseller with services model where you're taking some technology, again, AWS, or maybe some Cumulus services, and then package the, packaging them up and selling them on as your, um, as your mobile app development aftercare services that um, ultimately you would be then helping them, advising them on the sorts of things they could do within their app to improve their performance, conversations that would then trigger projects that ultimately would create more, more work for your devs and more cash for your business in terms of many projects as well as it being a retained service that they're paying monthly for, Then ultimately the managed service, where again, you're going to have some technology costs, you're going to have more labour costs because you're going to be having a much more engaged conversation with them, um, but ultimately you would create a, a pretty substantial labour margin markup on that. Um, ultimately to deliver a service, which means that you're, as I've said before, effectively being their digital product manager embedded within the your client's customer, your client's cut, uh, company. So, going down to the bottom of the stack now, just to give you some ideas of the types of things that we'd include within the service. In the next webinar, I'm going to really dig into this in a lot more detail and talk about SLAs and um, the actual services that you would typically package up in the four blocks, but just to give you a flavor for this and to put some context around about the things that I've already talked about, um, this is what typically we would see within a, if like a purely reactive, objective view of exactly what's happening within the app. So you would host the infrastructure. You would make sure the infrastructure was tuned and was running well, and you'd get ahead of any problems to make sure that that crashes were being managed and, and mitigated. You would probably give them some means by which they can maintain the content of their app, You know, a bootstrap web portal or, or maybe using some sort of um, content management tool. Um, you'd offer them some means by which they can log in and view how the app's performing, so there's some sort of analytics dashboard, You know, be that Google Analytics or, or one of the, the Cumulus um, analytics tools. Um, you'd give them the ability to um, analyze the performance of their app store, again, if it's a retail app. That could be very important, particularly if you're in the acquisition phase. So they need to know how well things are going, how they're tracking against keywords, ranks, um, against their what they see as their competition, and ultimately star ranks and positive and negative ratings, uh, reviews, I should say. They probably be delivering them some form of snapshot monthly report to show them the key metrics of the app. And ultimately, you would probably deliver some sort of monthly meeting to go through some of the findings and agree any costs of any follow-up actions. Now, this is the sort of borderline between a, a purely reactive service and a proactive service, but ultimately, you want to, even through this service, create a sales event every month where you sit down and you talk to them about how their app is performing. Again, referring back to one of the things before about make it visible, is that you've got to make sure that the customer understands the value from working with you, and it's not just all about some technology, it has to be some form of of personal interaction. And for that, just as an indicative amount, um, you would charge them $250 a month. Now, caveat on that amount is that when we talk to different customers in different markets, and Cumulus, we have customers in... 25 countries around the world. Prices vary a lot between the physical development costs as well as the services that offer. So you'd have to be thinking very carefully about the the service price point that doesn't have to make your customer think too much. In the third webinar in this series, I'm going to talk about pricing and how you can price that. But at this point, just use that as a little bit of a, a benchmark price. Um, for, you know, this level of service. So it should be set at a level where they really don't need to think too much about whether this is something that's worth paying for, particularly when you're listing it out in such a, an extensive list of features and functions and services you can deliver to them uh, during the life of their app. Really important, and I stressed this earlier when I was saying the things to the things to avoid is overselling is make it very clear the things that aren't included in the reactive service. So don't get drawn into app strategy meetings and find yourself suddenly becoming the CTO of the app. It becomes very difficult for you to back out of those meetings once you've agreed to go into them. Um, Try and resist giving them ideas. and too many ideas and too many suggestions about the things you can improve, because once you've done that a couple of times, it becomes very difficult. For them to for you to then under for them to understand that that's actually a service above the level that they're paying for at the moment. Um and don't get drawn into you know helping them maybe drive more downloads or giving them ideas around in terms of engagement and retention. Sure, during a monthly report, talk to them about some of the things that you've seen, but um, try and get the definition, try and get the boundary line between what's within this service and what ultimately is in your next service. And then present this with them to say. I, you, there might be some things in here that you want. If you want to upgrade to this service, that's our proactive service, and that would be, again, indicative pricing, $749 per month. So make that price point significantly higher than the previous, because this will involve some labor and some of your time, but don't get it to the point where it becomes you know, a very high percentage of the overall build cost. Um, think of this as selling the business class um, as opposed to the coach class. Of, uh, of your your mobile app service. Okay, so I think I've thrown quite a lot of stuff at you, and I'll be at, at this for forty odd minutes. So I just want to pause, summarise, really, before I go into some of the some of the summary slides towards the end of this presentation. So the first thing you need to do is you need to think about mapping your services against your customer needs and against the app life cycle. You need to be thinking about making them progressive, start them simple, make it easy to buy, but don't get locked into um, a dead-end relationship with your client that you then can't start encouraging them through them asking for you to give them more help to upgrade them from reactive to proactive to ultimately managed services, either across the board or within the individual service blocks, the the things I had running along the bottom of that matrix. that uh, you could then upgrade their individual services to the various level, specifically around the needs of the client at that particular time. In simple terms, you've got a choice of simply take the services, the technologies that you're buying in, brand them up, mark them up, and sell them on to your clients so that there's no need for you to really understand the, the, detailed, the details of their app, their go-to-market strategy, and how you then can help with their marketing. So that's a very easy way, especially for a business that's very technically technically focused and not very market focused, to get involved in recurring revenue services. Or you can offer a combination of labor and reselling technology to provide a more managed, more engaged service. The important thing, as I've said, is to make it clear uh, what's in scope-free service and don't over-deliver, which ultimately will hurt your upsell. It's always tempting to be over-helpful with the client. Ensure you want to make sure the relationship you have with your client is a really strong one, and you're seen as their their advisor. But always think in the back of your mind is if you over deliver here, it becomes very hard to say, I know I've sat in with five of your management meetings, but I can't can't come to them anymore because ultimately that's not the service you're paying for. You've set the expectation, you've set the benchmark, it becomes very difficult to back off at that stage. Sure, you can say, this is not part of your service, um, you know, I, I can help you and I will come along, but please understand that this isn't part of the service and if it becomes a routine need, then we'll have to talk about rates and costs because obviously time is important. So, to just to now step back and say, you know, why we find this is a particularly powerful approach to take, I mentioned before in one of the earlier slides about differentiating your business and, and making, you st- making you stand out. Um, you can actually use this service as a, these recurring revenue services as a very effective means of going to hunt for new business. Um, I'd say 80% of the mobile app businesses we've talked to don't offer any form of structured recurring revenue services apart from that maintenance layer that I talked about earlier. If you're then going to apps in market, asking them the question, um you might not have these services from your your current mobile app development company but these are the things that we can do to help you uh, make better make your your app better and deliver better results from your app that gives you a conversation you can have with a, an app you want to work with and ultimately open the door to you then becoming the the incumbent mobile app development business The flip side of that, obviously, is if you aren't offering these services, and other people are, your existing customers could be under threat and could be poached from you by by somebody who is offering a more engaged, more proactive, um, more full life cycle service. Increase your close rates. The things that we've been told quite frequently is, again, about differentiation, but also if you can show that your services, you go further than everybody else, that you demonstrate that you can offer greater insight into how their apps are performing you understand their business, you can help sit alongside them and help drive a better outcome for their app, that you will then be seen as very different from the companies that they're engaging with, which ultimately will mean that they're more likely to go with you than go with somebody else, particularly if you're positioning it in such a way as to say that we back up our beliefs by staying with you through the life of the product and not just high-fiving out the door and saying see you later. But ultimately, to anybody who's involved in client relationships and sales on this call, it's about staying close to your clients. It is really difficult when you're running a project-based business to find a reason to stay in constant contact with your client. Clients naturally, as soon as they get the app delivered to them, their arms go around it, they pull it into their chest and they walk away, You know having spent quite a lot of money with you, it becomes very difficult for you then to have a reason to go back and continually talk to the customer, other than just giving it the rather lame, hey, how's it going? Do you wanna have a coffee sometime? If you have got regular dialogue and regular services and you're sending them regular information about how the app's performing, you've got that natural dialogue that's happening without really any proactive effort. It also means from a revenue point of view that your sales targets don't start from zero every month, that you've got some residual income coming in um, that allows you, to, it takes the edge off your, your monthly sales target. And ultimately, and this is more for our, our European um, viewers on this, it allows you to truffle hunt for new opportunities. So the picture on the top right-hand corner is a dog, and that looks like just a piece of dirt, but in fact it's a it's a piece of fungus called a truffle, which by pound is actually more valuable by gold. And the analogy here is that, that um, your recurring revenue service will allow you to sniff out New opportunities within your clients to either build more apps for them or to build new functionality in the apps that ultimately you would never know and never see if you weren't having that regular dialogue with your client. So how would you message this, message this to your clients? This is typically what you'd say is that, you know, we're different from the run of the mill mobile app developer who would typically stop at the water's edge. You know, we'll get in the swamp with you. We'll work with you to make your app a success. Working with us. We become your digital program manager, obviously, if you're offering a managed service on that on that tier. Um, we'll be involved in regular dialogue with you, driving the agenda on how the app should be improved and giving you better results. We'll help manage the priorities and manage the upgrades. We'll, of course, maintain and manage the infrastructure so that your, your app is running in tip-top peak of health but we're focused on helping you deliver the commercial success of your app, whatever that might be. It might be sales. It might be a business to employee app, so it's about customer engagement. Wherever that might be, we're there to help you deliver the results that ultimately you're on the hook for as your business. Three last slides to finish. Essentials for success. This is really boiling it down to the real nuts and bolts of what we've learned over the last year. Essentially, it's about positioning it as part of your process. It's not about throwing it in at the last minute, it's about saying this is just the way we roll, this is just the way we work. Don't sell it as an afterthought and an upsell, sell Sell it as part of your process. Sure, when you're doing that initial engagement, say if you really don't want to do this, we're not going to make it a requirement of working with us on the project, but we find you deliver more success if you have these other services that you take from us once the app goes live. The second one is keep it simple. Don't be tempted to hit the home run every single time and hook them on to a large three, four, five thousand $5,000 a month contract. Um, make it priced at a point and make it clear in terms of the deliverables so it makes it very easy to say, to, to say yes. So think of it as a base hits rather than home runs approach to, to that customer relationship. Third and lastly, Think of this as an opportunity to unlock other opportunities and differentiate yourself from the competition. This might help you think how you price it and again I'll go into more on the third webinar in this series in terms of how to pricing but don't be too focused necessarily on pricing this at a point where you make a profit. Sure you want to cover your costs but think of this as a means where you'll actually generate more revenue by having these services than just from delivering the service itself. But the beauty is that this selling recurring revenue services effectively is allowing your customer to pay you for the privilege of finding more business for your, cu- for your business within their business by the fact that you're truffle hunting for those opportunities from a service that they're paying for monthly. Two quick slides is um, obviously I've talked a lot about in theory and it's all fine and well when you sit in these webinars and somebody bangs on about you know, great fees and great practices, and then kind of, you know, give you a high five and say see you later. But we do offer you some some support and guidance in this. We've got a bunch of playgroups, uh, playbooks, service guides, and marketing material that you can use. And you can contact your cumulative sales rep, or there'll be de- contact details at the end of this. You can ask for copies of these of this material. And ultimately, the only product placement slide in this uh, in this whole deck is that we obviously do have a product behind here, which does cover some of these services. Um, so we actually have, you know, an analytics service that allows you to customers to log in, we've got reports, we've got a whole bunch of different things which I won't dwell on, but we have some technology there that allows you to to deliver some of these services easily, which allows you to get going more quickly, and it can be fully rebranded as yourself, so this isn't you exposing Cumulus as a brand to your customers, this is your brand, your name, your logo, your colour schemes that your clients sees every time they, they log into any one of your services. So that's me, I hope that had some value. Um, I'll hand back to Scott.
0: Hey everyone, thanks again for attending our webinar. I hope that was really helpful for you. Uh, we've got a couple other webinars in this series coming up we wanted to let you know about. Um, our first one, the next one is gonna be a September 28th. These are all at 11 a.m. Eastern time, uh, which is 4 p.m. here in the UK. Uh, this, on the 28th, is gonna be how to build a service layer into your mobile app development business. We'll be talking about service blocks, service scope, how to manage and sell these services. And then October 26th at 11 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. we got to double-check that. That might be right around when the, the time changes, but we'll uh, we'll look into it and get right back to you guys. But that will be how to price recurring revenue services in your mobile app development business. Um, that will be October 27th. October 26th, we'll be talking about different pricing approaches, how to price to sell, how to price a profit. And you can register for these on our website at www.cumulus.com slash webinars. Uh, spaces on these are filling up fast, so be sure to register early. We were able to squeeze a few people in here at the very last minute on today's webinar, but uh, you might not be so lucky. So be sure to go ahead and re- register for these early. Uh, register, register for these webinars early. You can register at our website, that address there. And uh, be sure to reserve your Spot, and then it's okay. I'll go ahead and and uh, and uh, put the uh, address in the it's in the chat interface now too. So you can click right on that, and you will be magically taken to you'll magically taken to the. place where you can register for these webinars so here's that's the uh, that's in the chat interface that's where you can register for these webinars so go ahead and there he is everyone and then I want to let you know everybody for, thank you very much for attending everyone and everyone who attended as a special as a special reward a special prize or a special incentive thank you very much for attending we will offer we'll be offering a one-hour telephone con- consultation for uh, absolutely free with one of our helpful sales representatives over here uh, this is al- available to anyone who attended the webinar today we'll give you a little deeper dive into what we discussed today and you can ask any questions during the hour that you want uh, this will will fit the approach to your uh, unique aspects of your business, and we can work with your wider management team to make sure that that the solution we're going to offer you is going to fit what you're looking for for your business. And uh, that is our webinar today. We want to thank you, everyone, very much for uh, hanging out with us, and hopefully you learned some. Before we get to the questions, I wanted to give you some of the uh, social media. You can reach out to us at community.cumulus.com, where you can uh, post questions about about specific questions about uh, Cumulus interface and uh, people will be there to help you out. Uh, you can read us at Twitter at @CumulusCloud, Cumulus Cloud, and we're over on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash cumulus. And then also on YouTube, we have a YouTube channel which is where coincidentally enough we'll be posting this webinar. Give us two or three days and uh, we'll have it up there. Uh, and you'll be able to watch this and um, watch it at your le- leisure. Okay, so we've got some questions now. The the board is open for questions. Got a few. Okay, we've got to kind of weed through some of these here. Thank you very, very much for asking these questions. And um, if you're ready, Mr. Lawson, I have a question here uh, from John about pricing services. <clears throat> okay. And the question here is: uh, You talk about prices. Are these the actual charges that the companies are charging? And what would be a typical charge? What would the typical charge be for a fully managed service?
1: Hi, John. Um, So it's a tough question. I I covered some of that within the presentation, and I'll cover more of it within one of the, the subsequent webinars. But I think, as I said before, it just varies so much by by country and by individual client. I mean, certainly, at that level, because you're, kind of, you're taking a lot of risk at the managed level, you're probably talking thousand, two thousand, maybe even three thousand dollars. And I do I have talked to some organisations within uh, within the US that are actually charging you know between two and a half to to three thousand dollars a month as their digital product management or equivalent service. Um, they're effectively becoming the, the scrum master, the um, the product manager of of the app. So it really, de- it depends. Um, and I'll also talk in the, the next one of the other uh, um, webinars about the fact that you can actually start sell, selling your recurring revenue service based on the initial build costs. So you maybe need to look at how much the app cost to build initially, and then work out what percentage monthly or annualized version, uh, annualized cost would make sense for them. So it's a kind of whatever fits the fits the client, to be honest. Can't give you, give you a specific, I'm sorry.
0: All right. Thank you, John, for that question. Um, All right. We've got time for a few more here. Uh, This question is from Serena. Hello, Serena. You're coming to us from uh, Germany. Hello, Serena. Uh, And she has a question about service blocks. Uh, You mentioned engaged service – let me start the question. You mentioned engaged users and retained users. What's the difference, and are they not the same thing?
1: Engaged and retained. So you've actually – there's two different aspects there. One is – you want to get a new user fully using your app. So think of an app with five sections in it. You want to get the app used, or the the user using all five sections of the app to make sure that they are fully engaged within the app. Or um, think of it as an e-commerce app where they're regularly buying um, services off of your app. So that's somebody who is effectively engaged when it comes to retained, that's about the hole in the bucket that I mentioned before. Is making sure that the, um, you're not bringing people in, getting them engaged, and then letting them dribble out the back, the back door, or the bottom of the bucket. So it's about finding ways in which you can keep um, active active users that look like they're actually maybe starting to drift away from you, and finding ways in which you can continually re-engage with them using push notifications, for example, or maybe e- email marketing techniques, to draw them back into the app, so that they, they they don't drift off, you don't start losing your highly engaged users. So they're different things, one is using the app deeply, and the other one is continuing to use the app and not letting them get uh, drift away.
0: Okay, excellent. Excellent uh, answer there. Uh, And now the next question we have is from Carl from New York City. And Carl has a question about skill sets. Uh, Carl says, I like the idea of this, but I don't have an in-house team. Is this something that Cumulus can help me get going with? So Carl is looking for some help.
1: We we don't offer um, marketing services that come with um, come with a service that's—it's not really our area of expertise. I mean, as Scott said, we can offer a, a one-hour deep dive service after this to go into how you might want to build this your service blocks around about um, the specific needs of your client. Um, you pros- possibly, if you don't have an in-house team or aren't comfortable—again, the, com- the conversation I said before about uh, a comfort zone—you want to. Um, maybe just offer the reactive service, so you're actually then not getting involved in giving them really proactive advice. Um, what we can do though is we can hook you up with some of the other partners that we have within the Cumulus network, people that maybe are delivering the services that could give you advice, or you might want to even third party some of that to them where they could maybe do that on your behalf. So please get in touch with us and you know we could definitely refer you on to, to some of the our, the Cumulus partners, and we should be able to find somebody with, with that's pretty near to you because we have customers pretty much all over the place.
0: Okay. Actually, a couple more. We've got time for just a couple more here. Thank you, everyone, uh, very much for asking all these questions here. This one question is from Stefan, and he has a question about pricing. Well, Stefan, you've come to the right place here. Uh, and the question is this. How do you work out the right pl- price to charge? I don't think many of my customers will pay $500 a month as a retainer.
1: Yeah, that's that's a tough one, isn't it? It's a it's about making sure that you you see what the propensity to pay is, maybe based, as I said before, on the total project value, or um, trying to work out what their real needs are. You know, if they have a they have a real commercial target, so they you know they want to generate I don't know a million euros a month from their app, then you can probably work out from that what they're willing to invest in in optimization services to drive value out of the app. The one thing I would say is that nobody ever believes that an app can be built perfect first time. Um, And if a customer does believe that, then you really need to work hard to educate them. So um, it's about selling value and about selling the ability to help them get more value and get more results out of their app, rather than them seeing it as a service cost. They should see your cost as being part of the, the ongoing value of the app, and you know they absolutely like to become a success without your involvement. So try not to sell it on price. Try and sell it on value.
0: Alrighty, looks like we've got time for one more one more question. One more question here. Thank you again, very much, everyone, for helping us out here. And our question here is from Michael. And uh, and uh, a good question to end on here. Michael is asking, how do I get started doing this? I'm new to this. I see the value. I want to get going. What's the easiest way to start?
1: So I think the easiest way is to start just with the retention services, so effectively just as a as a reseller. So pick your technologies that you need to supply to allow the client to run the app and optimise and improve the performance of the app, um, and then offer that as a package. So... One of the slides further up the deck where I talked about the reactive service is position of is based just on that. So effectively, you're just giving them a factual account on what's happened during that month within the app. This is what I've seen, um, and start with that. And then ultimately, when your customer starts asking you questions, decide whether you want to get involved and offer them more value and offer them more advice, or maybe bring in a partner to help them with the with the app marketing if that's not part of your skill set. So, But the sooner you can get going with these services, back to your company valuation, the higher the value you're gonna have, and ultimately the, the, the more used to you are selling these services an integral part of your overall service that you offer to your clients.
0: All right. Excellent question, Michael. And thank you. And thank you, everyone else, for coming to today's webinar. Um, as I said, we have our next our next edition of this webinar is going to be on the 20th of September, 2017, this year, How to Build a Service Layer into Your Mobile App Business. And then our final webinar in this series on the 26th of October, How to Price Recurring Revenue Services in Your Mobile App. Uh, you can register for both of those on our website at cumulus.com slash webinars. Um, also reach out to us social media at Cumulus Cloud. You can find us on Facebook, check out our YouTube channel, and watch your email inbox. And we will also be sending out a recording of this, of this webinar as well. You get a link to the recording where you can watch at your leisure. And also, don't forget about that free hour of consultation. To drop us a line at info@cumulus.com, and we'll reach out to you and help you get your business going. Uh, Everyone, thank you very much for uh, attending today's webinar. Can't wait forward to uh, see you next time on twenty eighth September two thousand seventeen. Thanks a lot, and goodbye.